Well, this morning, my brothers and sisters, I'd like to speak to you all about the the role of the emotions in the spiritual life. I think what we see in our gospel, this interchange between Jesus and I'm going to call him the rich young ruler because if you look in the other gospels, you can that's what he's called. So I'm going to call him the rich young ruler. So this interchange between the rich young ruler and Jesus, it's a very human exchange. And I think there's a lot of emotion going on between both of them, in fact, on Jesus' part, as well as the, the rich young ruler's part. And this homily is going to be a little bit of the opposite of what I normally talk about. I, I find myself in my pastoral work, uh, in the confessional, in counseling people, and daily mass homilies that I give, often repeating a certain theme. Uh, that I think is very relevant. In fact, I, we just had an RCIA class last week, and I spoke about it during that class as well, and that is this. There's a distinction between, in the human person, there's a distinction between the will, on the one hand, and then the emotions, on the other. It's very important to make that distinction. And what God is really after, what he really wants from us, is a will that is in conformity with his will. A will that's in alignment with his will. Okay, that's what he's really after. And that's the essence, the foundation, the heart, if you will, of the spiritual life. Emotions are, are a secondary reality. Okay, this is important to distinguish this because, for example, people will say, well, you know, I don't know if I've forgiven this person because I still, I feel, okay, my, I have these emotions that are kind of negative. I'm kind of bitter about this person, and when I think about them, I'm still kind of bitter, and, and the response is always, look, if you can, right now, honestly, say to God, to yourself, I choose to forgive this person, okay, that's an act of the will, and that's what God wants. You have forgiven him, or her, or whoever it is. You have, in fact, forgiven them. The emotions, they're trailing behind. They haven't caught up yet. They will. Just be patient. Okay? It might be quite a while before they catch up. Just keep choosing to forgive the person, and eventually the bitterness will, will go away, actually. And you'll, the emotions will come into alignment with the will. Okay? Because you've chosen with your will what is good, eventually the, the emotions will be, you'll have good feelings, okay? even if you don't right now. Very similar uh, situation that happens in marital relationships. At first, in the history of uh, two spouses, they'll begin in the first phase of their relationship. It's all emotions. they got very, very positive emotions. They notice everything that they have in common. It's just, you know, bliss. Okay? And then there's a second phase. That, it's easy. They're riding on the emotions of love. Okay? And then they hit a second phase where they start to notice differences. Boy... That person, that really annoys the heck out of me. You know, they, and so then they're like, okay, now I, I've minimized my difference with this person. Now should I tell them what I really think? And Okay, and now there's confrontation and there's conflict. And the, the will is what comes into play here. The, love emotion, the emotions are going away. And now it's time to love with the will. It's time to choose love. Okay? So again, that's another kind of practical application how there's this distinction between the two. 
So this is, is something that I have to talk about quite frequently with people because sometimes they'll feel like, well, you know, I go to Mass and I don't really get anything out of it. I doesn't really feel positive. I, I get a lot better experiences, more pleasant experiences for staying home and watching the football game or television or whatever, you know, so why should I go to Mass? Well, you go to Mass because it's the right thing to do, because you choose to do that. You choose what's good with your will, okay? So that's a, a point that I make. But in this homily, I'm going to make a little bit of a different point. Okay, a little bit of a different point. And that is, as the question arises, okay, so given this difference between the will and the emotions, what, does God want us just to be miserable and to have negative emotions? Is that what you're saying, Father? Like, okay, as long as your will is in alignment with the Ten Commandments, you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life at the level of your emotions. Hey, that's what God wants for you. No, no, it's, that's, not, that's not what God wants for you. Just because there's a difference between these two things, it's not that your emotions are completely meaningless and have no relevance and play no role whatsoever in the spiritual life. They are still of importance. And we look here at this interchange between Jesus and the rich young ruler. It's very, very interesting. Jesus has got human emotions here. It says he looks upon the rich young ruler. Okay, so now we're talking about his senses. He's using his his bodily human senses, his eyes. And you can almost imagine how this looks. You see kind of an affection come over the face of Jesus. He looks upon him and he loves him. And he says to him, you lack one thing. Go sell what you have, give to the poor, and come. Follow me. Jesus wants a human relationship with this guy. And he has human emotions in relation. That's one of the mysteries that we celebrate with the Sacred Heart. Is that God loves us with a human heart. With a human love and human emotions. As well as a divine love. And that's one, one of the mysteries of the Sacred Heart. Okay? And so, what happens though on the other side? How does this guy react to Jesus emotionally? It says his face falls and he becomes very sorrowful because he had many possessions and he walks away. It's very tragic. It's very tragic. There was a vocation that was on this guy's life to be so close to Jesus, to be one of the most closest people. Probably Jesus had a circle of 20, 30, 40 people that were really, really close to him. This guy was called to be that close to him. And he didn't correspond his will at the level of his will. He didn't respond. He didn't cooperate with that calling, that vocation. And it had really negative emotional consequences for him. Okay? He kind of gave himself, he, he sort of rewarded himself. He, gave, he became bitter about God. Oh, God wants to take all these things from me. And then he, he, he rewarded himself with a little bit of self-pity or what have you. Okay? And he walks away. Very, very, very tragic. The reality of it is, though, is that when God asks us to give up something, He asks us to give that thing up because it's the very thing that's stopping us from following Him in the path of happiness. And that's the irony of it. We think, oh boy, this is the thing that that's, makes my life worth living, that makes me happy, this special thing, whatever it is, and i got to give it up. And oh no, He just wants me to be miserable. No. He's calling you to happiness and joy, and it's this very thing that's actually stopping the fulfillment of that from taking place. Okay? Now, if that rich young ruler had corresponded with his vocation, he would have known incredible joy 
at the level of the emotional level as well. He would have known amazing joy. Are you saying to me, Father, uh, okay, so follow Jesus around the Galilean countryside, sleep in caves, uh, you know, hardly eat anything, be rejected by half the people you talk to, so forth. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Following Jesus and giving up everything for him, there is a payoff even at the level of the emotions. There is joy, which transcends bodily comfort and bodily pleasure. The joy of having that human relationship with Jesus Christ and following his will, there's nothing better than it in life, in this life, as well as eternal life. Notice how Peter says to Jesus, Lord, we've given up everything. What will we have? And he says there's no one that has left off and he gives a huge list of sacrifices. And he says, you're going to get it all back in this life and as well as eternal life. And he says there'll be persecution involved with it too. But even those, in a certain sense, are going to be fun. okay? Because you're going to be knowing that you're doing God's will. And you're going to be getting closer and closer to Jesus. You're going to be becoming more and more what he wants you to be. You're going to be becoming more integrated. And your emotions and your will, like Jesus says, Jesus is the perfect man. okay? His emotions and his will are perfectly integrated. There's no lag between the two, not necessarily. If there was at any point a lag, it was very, very brief. okay? But that's what he wants us. He wants to restore our humanity in its fullness, our, our emotions as well as our will. Okay? So, this is a, a, I'll just end this homily here with it. So, there might be just a practical application, there might be a bad habit, okay, that God's asking us to give up. There might be a, a bad, uh, there might be a relationship that is really, in the long run, unhealthy. It gives us joy, it gives us pleasure in the here and the now, but in the long run it's unhealthy and it's going to cause a lot of damage to us and to others. He's asking us to give that up. Whatever it might be, it's he's asking it from us only because it's standing in the way of our true happiness. It's standing in the way. It's stopping us from attaining real joy. So here's a, here's a great quote. I'm going to end this homily with a great quote here from Pope Emeritus Benedict. He's speaking to young people. He's speaking to youth at a youth rally right now. He says, Are we not perhaps all afraid in some way if we let Christ fully enter into our lives if we open ourselves totally to him. Are we not afraid that he might take something away from us? Are we not perhaps afraid to give up something significant, something unique, something that makes life so beautiful? Do we not then risk ending up diminished and deprived of our freedom? No. If we let Christ into our lives, we lose nothing. Nothing, absolutely nothing of what makes life free, beautiful, and great. No, only in this friendship are the doors of life opened wide. Only in this friendship is the great potential of human existence truly revealed. Only in this friendship do we experience beauty and liberation. And so today, with great strength and great conviction, on the basis of long personal experience of life, I say to you, dear young people, do not be afraid of Christ. He takes nothing away. And he gives you everything. When we give ourselves to him, we receive a hundredfold in return. Yes, open open wide the doors of Christ, doors to Christ, and you will find true life.